0: Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Sustainable Ecommerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host, Giles Smith, and as brands, we can help consumers live more sustainable lives in any manner of different ways. Perhaps central though to our value in that regard is what we make our products out of, the materials we choose to use. So I'm always very excited to discover new sustainable materials, especially in the fashion and apparel space. One particular area I've been reading up about a lot recently is the emerging field of plant-based leather alternatives. You may have heard of products like Pinatex made from pineapple leaves and cactus leaf leather, which has been taking European fashion houses by storm over the past year or two. In my humble opinion though, Neither of those two vegan leather alternatives holds a candle to the leaf leather I want to introduce you to today. My guest is Sridevi Blair, founder at Karuna Dawn, a new ethical and sustainable brand bringing fair trade bags and accessories to the Australian market. I don't want to get too carried away in my personal excitement about her leaf leather products because doing so would detract from the overall story of her brand and the importance of the ethical choices that she's making across her various suppliers which we also explore in this episode. But nevertheless, Karuna Dawn's leaf leather products are among the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So with that, let's start the show. Sridevi Blair, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm uh, really, really happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm uh, really happy you've joined me today as well. I love what you guys are doing at Corinna Dawn. It's really cool to see another great brand coming through that's both focusing on the sustainable elements as well as ethical supply and making sure that uh, people in the supply chain are well and truly looked after along the way. So- I know we're going to get into all of that, but before we do, Sri, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you started this beautiful brand?
1: Yeah, sure. So ever since um, from a young age, I've always had that entrepreneurial dream or aspiration. I wanted to do something on my own, but it had to be impactful. It had to have a positive impact on First and foremost, people's lives, and then, of course, the planet. It was always percolating in the back of my head. I knew what it was going to look like, um, how I was going to do it, but it was always, always there. And then in 2019, I uh, saw and heard the story of this amazing woman called Nazarene Sheikh, and she spoke about her experience as a child labourer working 14 to 16 hour days. You know, getting paid two dollars a day, and she said sometimes it felt like she couldn't breathe because she just had to keep working, working, working to keep up with these orders, which I think you know would be coming from the fast fashion brands with the quantities and that they're that they're demanding. So, um, you know, it wasn't until later on in her life that she came to America, and then. Uh, went to a department store and then realised, oh, my God, this is where all my clothes end up, all these aisles and aisles and racks and racks of clothes. And then she asked the question, and this is what resonated with me, she asked the question, you know, do they know what they're consuming Do they feel my blood? Do they feel my tears? Do they feel my suffering? And then she said, in this relentless pursuit of consumption, we're unconsciously consuming suffering and we're so disconnected from each other. And that really struck me it was those words that really struck me and then I thought if this incredible young woman had the courage to leave the sweatshop that she was working in or held there really and then to also escape a forced marriage and then she went on to open up her own fair trade sewing collective to help women of Nepal um, in similar circumstances and I thought my god I just have to give it a go I've got to get off my butt and just give it a go. There's no, no more excuses. So, you know, I just think we're all caught up in starting endeavors when they're perfect and, and making sure that absolutely everything, all ducks are in a row before we even start. And if you have that, you're never going to do anything. Mm. So I just thought, I've just got to get up there, have a shot. And if it falls over, it doesn't matter because I'm starting again from experience, not from scratch. So let's just do it. So that was that was really how we started. And I wanted the name of the company, um, all the social enterprise, really for us to reflect my passion for uplifting the lives of people and for compassion. And so I went with Sanskrit, which is my heritage. And Karuna means, you know, compassion. It means to alleviate suffering. And Dawn to me is the rising of conscious, compassionate living. So that's how the name came about as well. And my biggest supporter has been my husband, really. So (laughs) whenever I was like, I can't do this or I don't know what the next step is, he's always saying, just don't worry. Think about it. Let's research it. And then let's go. So that's how we came about
0: amazing and and great to get support from your partner I mean that's uh that's really very very important so that's yeah. awesome I mean you know I think the lesson out of that clearly is that um you can do it anyone can do it uh, but the difference is most people don't right so yes uh so you have gone ahead and done it which is amazing and and Karuna dawn is now live but let's go a little bit deeper tell us a little bit more about what you do and what you sell and what you're making your products out of and where you're sourcing them and and those sorts of things
1: yeah so I've always loved handbags Giles and I always had a little 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 collection Um, and then it was later on in life and seeing other people's stories where I started to think a little bit more about how are these made and what are the materials being used and a lot of them were you know the vegan leather the pvc the pu and the more Mm -hmm. I found out about them I just thought this really isn't what I want to support anymore so because I still loved handbags that's what our business is it's handbags bags and now we've broadened it to to other products as well your accessories so that's what we sell and everything is vegan it's cruelty free um, made with materials with lower environmental footprints and definitely ethically made that was really really important that they're getting paid a fair or living wage so everything that supply chain as far as possible um, we try and make sure it's all Sustainable and sustainability to me is an overarching approach where it considers everything in the supply chain. And we're not, I'm not saying we're perfect. Um, but we are doing our best and getting towards that end goal of, you know, having fully circular system.
0: You've essentially got, if if you sort of break it down, you've got kind of three types of fabrics that you're mostly working with at the moment. So talk us through those because they're all interesting. They all have a a very fascinating sort of background in each of their own, right?
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I'm glad you asked me this. I'm very passionate about it. So, um, when I began, I thought, yes, cotton, cotton, got to be cotton. And then I read about conventional cotton and then I realised, wow, that's not really how I want to go. And so we started researching, you know, how about organic cotton. And then we partnered up with a um, ethical production house in Nepal. And then we thought, I really love traditional crafts. And I like to support those traditional crafts because it helps families stay together in those village communities because a lot of the time they have to leave their communities to find work in the cities. So I thought I really want to showcase their talent, which takes years to master. So we've got an organic cotton um, canvas bag range which showcases traditional hand-block design. So hand-block design is made in uh, Rajasthan in India and then we had it shipped over to Nepal and then they put the whole bag together so they did the fabric printing so that's our organic cotton bag
0: i just want to make sure i understand what you just said so you're saying that the the block designs the blocks the, yes. the, the hand printing equipment effectively was made in in india and then yes. the actual bags themselves are made in nepal in nepal yeah
1: yes amazing so they okay. put it all together it is amazing so the hand block design everything is handmade when it comes to hand block design mm. um the actual design is is you know drawn out on a piece of paper and then it's carved into a block of wood and then that block of wood is stamped in dyes and then yep. stamped repeatedly across the fabric. So, you know, you are going to get irregularities, but that's where the beauty of hand block printing comes in. So yeah. we're supporting the, the rural communities there to continue their, their crafts because each village has their own type of designs that they go with. Right. So um, yeah. And Nepal, um, we absolutely love working with our Nepalese partner. they, provide dignified work to people fleeing abuse and trafficking. So I think 85% are women. So they give them training, employment, and also education um, for them and their families So if they have children to help break the cycles of poverty. So we just love the work they're doing. So we really wanted to partner with them. Yeah.
0: Amazing. I really love hearing stories of brands like yours from kind of far-flung places like Australia seeking out grassroots social enterprises you know the one's really making a difference in their communities much like Nazarene Sheikh that you were talking about earlier and of course you know those sort of traditional methods of, of printing are just um you know going it, it feels like uh, an ode to the past but of course they're inherently sustainable in the sense that there's no power consumption you know they u- are. ultra low footprint stuff yeah. which is awesome
1: absolutely and and that's what drew me to it as well so that's one range of bags and then we partnered with um, a startup in India in in Delhi um, They do 100% upcycled denim bags. So they take um, post-consumer jeans and manufacturers offcuts and they create these beautiful bags and designs might look really really simple Giles but it takes a lot of creativity to make it look cohesive because all the jeans come in different you know sizes and also the shades of blue some are a little bit more worn than others but it's how they cut it and put it together Mm. that's where the talent is to make it look seamless and cohesive and um, what's really exciting is our partner in India who does the denim bags the exciting Thing is, they've started a take back program. So if you've bagged denim bag, because um, they are a brand themselves and you finished with the life of it, you thought that's enough, I don't really like this bag anymore, don't discard it send it back to them and they will um, dismantle it and reuse it and give it a new life in another style of bag. So it's truly circular. So we're now – we haven't said anything on our website yet because we just wanted to understand the process a bit more, but that's something exciting that we'll be offering our customers. So whoever's purchased from us, they can ship it back to us and we'll take that responsibility to ship it back to our supplier in India. So it doesn't – it's fully – closing the loops in
0: it's interesting isn't it I mean it's it's such a challenge this whole circularity thing and I, I love the I love the responsibility that you're mm. bringing to that um it, you know in terms of the tech back program. Um, I I don't think anybody knows the answer to this yet, and we're all trying to work this out together. Is you know, like particularly when it when your suppliers in India, whether the carbon footprint of sending it back is actually worth yes. worth that process rather than having it say recycled, you know, with someone like a block text or something here in here in Australia. It's such an interesting challenge. Um, but I absolutely I love the way you're thinking around taking ownership of what it, what it is that you're producing and yeah. selling. I think that's fantastic.
1: That's a really, really good point because you do have that uh, carbon footprint of shipping it back and even you know mm. um, getting the materials over, sent over to you. So that's absolutely right. But um, I saw on your, well, heard on your podcast uh, apparel. So that's someone that I want to talk with to say, can you take our bags? I don't do bags at the moment, Giles. I know it's clothing, but because mm. ours are basically material i want to have that conversation with them to say is there an avenue that we could send you um our bags and you yeah. can recycle it i mean it's 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 very exciting it's an exciting space with a lot of possibilities
0: yeah apparel would probably wouldn't uh take most bags um because of all the fastenings and all that sort of stuff that they've yeah. got to take off before they can shred it all but if your denim ones for example because they yes. are almost pure just fabric they, they might do that right so
1: correct yep yeah. apart from two which have zips uh the other one doesn't it's just all just material so that's yeah. something I want to explore yeah definitely
0: all right but we've got to talk about the last one because I am so personally excited about this I one. know
1: you're so excited I am
0: I really am I love it
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so what happened was when we are going to markets people do gravitate towards our fabric bags but what we noticed is They were going to other stalls and they were picking up leather or vegan leather. They were just, they just love it, consumers love it. And we thought, gosh, we need to get into this space. But again, Giles, we didn't want to do leather. It goes against what we believe in 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 being a vegan company. And the other thing is we didn't want to do the PU or PVC. That's just not not our game or in our lane at all. It, It is. So we started researching and in our oodles and oodles of Google um, searches, we came across this Thai supplier, again, a small family run business who do uh, bags and accessories made out of leaf leather. We were so excited. So what they are is um, teak leaves in Northern Thailand and they've fallen to the ground. So the dry mature leaves fall into the ground. They're gathered, they're soaked and they're dyed and then they're laid out flat overlapping each other in the drying process and in that process they bond together and you create a big sheet of leaves so leaf leather really and then they're cut and sewn into various designs and we were just so excited by it Um, and Funnily enough, we always get asked, is it durable? Is it going to last? It's made out of leaves. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's the first thing that's on my Yeah, first thing is on my tongue as well. It's like, does it does it is it really like leather? Is it tough?
1: They are durable. They are incredibly durable. Our supplier has been using a they call it a name card, but it's basically a card holder, and they've been using it for years and it's just gets softer wow. with time, incredibly durable. And you have to think the villages or the communities use these particular leaves as roofing for their huts. So if they could use it as roofing for their huts, it's got to be durable. So um it's exciting. It's new. They've only got you know a few years of data, but those few years, it's it's held up. It's held up in its in its um shape, form, and also the colour. So it's really exciting.
0: It is really exciting. And you know, I, I love this sort of new breed of, of vegan leathers coming on that are that are essentially built from plants in one form or another, whether it's you know, there's obviously cactus yes. leathers and pineapple leaf leather and apple leather and mushroom yes. leather. This is the first time I've seen sort of uh, teak leaf leather. Yeah. And and what I think's most exciting about it is that it looks like pressed leaves. It's absolutely yes. beautiful for me. It casts my mind back to when I was a child and we were doing artwork at at kindy, almost. You know, with dried leaves and and the beauty of those things, and you know, in the autumn and it just it brings me it brings me right back it gives me that nostalgic sense of of being a child again looking at it but they are absolutely gorgeous to look at
1: yeah, and that wins people over all the time. It's by far the most popular um, range of products. It's well ahead of our yeah. Yeah, uh, organic cotton, all the upcycle denim, purely because it's so new, Giles, and people love yeah. seeing the pattern of the leaf. It's not something that we've tried to hide or the suppliers tried yeah. to hide. They're actually showcasing it. And each um, product will contain a different pattern. So no two products are going to be the same. You might buy a similar colour. Uh, and a similar yeah. style, but they'll end up looking slightly different.
0: Right. And, and I think that's, you know, quite key in many ways. I mean, you know, no disrespect to um, the the hand-block designed yeah. organic uh, organic cotton totes. They're, you know, they're not rare. Yes. You know, there's lots of those around the place. Um, even even upcycled denim, I think, has become relatively easy to find. Yes. Uh, not common, but relatively easy to find. I love the principle of it all, but the leaf leather I've never seen anywhere And as you say, everyone is notably unique. You'll never find two that are the same by definition, right? So it's absolutely really, very, very cool. And I think people want, I think people enjoy and appreciate that uniqueness when they buy something, you know, that's of value like that. They they appreciate the fact that it isn't, it is the only one in its world, in the world to look exactly like that.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, we, um, often frequent markets and a few people have come back to us and they've said, you know what, I'll put my purse or the wallet on the table and it immediately is a conversation starter. People yeah. are like, oh, my God, what is this? It looks like leaves. And then the person will go on to say, yes, it is, blah, blah, blah. And there's that usual shock, no, it's not, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's yeah. a
1: conversation starter, Giles, definitely.
0: I absolutely would be. And, uh, you know, I can I can literally imagine the same thing. Um, I, I quite like the idea of the I don't know, it's a carry all or whatever you call it, the, the unisex one. I might get yes, one of those. Yes, messenger um, bag.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, messenger bag. That's the one. Yeah, thank you. I I love the idea of that. I really, I really do. And I suppose you know, in terms of the marketing of it, um, you're able to tell that uniqueness story, right? I mean, the whole the whole story end to end of that is just it is just so engaging that it, it it sort of sells itself in a way because it's just such a great story.
1: Yeah, people love it, and. See, this is probably one of the challenges for me to become a better storyteller in person than online and in my content. I think that's something where I need to get better at. But in markets, when I'm talking about it, I'm very passionate about it. And they'll end up being a group of people standing around because they just love the story. They just love the story. They love hearing about it. They love touching it and feeling it and can't believe it's leaves. And you're right, it does sell itself. But um, yeah. The, yeah, challenge is getting that story across. You know, online, I've just got to probably repeat that key message over and over again, be consistent about it.
0: Well, we, we could talk for hours about how to tell that story. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's obviously lots of rich content that you could you could include into there. You know, including sort of going behind the scenes and taking some quick yes. snap footage of of people laying the leaves out and and all the rest of it, because I think that that really tells the story. You know, well, and 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 adds a, a level of authenticity to it because. You know, the, the truth is when you look at it as a picture, it does look like fake printed PU, right? Because you can't quite yes. believe that it's real because you yeah. can't quite believe it. And so you've got to add that level of richness in storytelling to that to prove, yeah, that's, it is what it really is, what it is. And, and of course, there'll be no, I mean, I suppose you could go down the organic certification line. You can certainly go down the vegan, the vegan certification yes. line, but there's no, I doubt there's any certification that says, yes, this is made from genuine teak leaves.
1: Correct. There isn't none. We've asked our suppliers as well. Um, and again, that's been another challenge with uh, our Thai supplier, a, a beautiful, beautiful mum and uh, mum and dad business. So language has been a barrier. Um, right. I know the the husband always um, asks if I can speak to his wife because he says that his English is not as good as his wife's, and I'm always constantly telling him, "Look, it's way better than my tie. So you're doing pretty well." Mm. Um, yeah. So we end up trying to correspond over WhatsApp with his wife, and getting to that level uh, has taken some time. And yes, there is no tick leaf certification out there. So how do you how do you prove it? How do you say it is tick leaves? Because you do look at pictures and you think nah, it's got to be PU printed PU. It's not yeah. till people come and actually see it and touch it um, that they realise actually it's not nothing far from yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the ethical side of the, of yeah. the brand as well, because I mean that really, I, I know how important that is to you. Um, how do you go about ensuring that your suppliers are are genuinely looking after their uh, the people that work for them, their employees? How do you how do you go about ensuring that there is no you know uh, let's call it modern slavery with young children yes. or any of that kind of stuff. Given you're not there, right? You're not you're not there every yep. day of the week. How do you how are you going about ensuring those things? Yeah.
1: So with a couple of hours, the Nepalese and um, the handbot Block printing suppliers, they've got certifications. They're permanent members of the World Fair Trade Organization. So they come through, they have audits, et cetera. So we're all very good with that. And then our startup in India is going to get their certifications as well. Um, uh, something like, equivalent to World Fair Trade Organisation too. But it's a lot of, until they get that certification, it is a lot of relationship building. It is a lot of um, Zoom calls, let's have a look at the factory. Because remembering we started this almost, I think, it was getting to the start of COVID. Um, So we couldn't actually go there. So we had to do everything via via emails and and Zoom calls and what have you and Teams calls. So it's certifications and a lot of relationship building um, and even with our Thai supplier, they've been generous enough to show us their factory and who's employed. Um, So it's just seeing it firsthand. We do plan to go there ourselves and take a look ourselves because we want to make sure it's all above board. But you're right, Mm. what really makes a difference is is that third-party independent verification jars and that's what we're looking for because then we can say to our consumers hand on our heart uh people are being looked after who make your bags and products
0: yeah yeah, I think that's really important. At the end of the day, there's a trust factor that comes with yeah. consumers that that um third party certification, there's just no there's no replacement for that no. at the end of the day, is there? I mean, as much as you think it's great, um, you know, even if you go there regularly, you can't be there every day of the week. Correct. You know, that's 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 the reality of it. So um so that kind of level of of third party oversight is really, you know, it is yeah. going to be very, very important, I think, as you as you as you build out the brand. Um very, very cool. And then so ultimately uh, what's the purpose of your brand as far as you're concerned? Like what difference are you actually really trying to make in the world when you when you step back from from selling bags that are ethically made and and sustainable? How would you like the world to be different as a result of Karuna Dawn existing?
1: We want to use our platform to uplift and transform lives. It doesn't mean that we um We may, which is one of our visions, but much later on, open up our own factory and employ people from marginalised and disadvantaged backgrounds, but right now we're not big enough to do that. So it Mm. is really about how can we uplift and transform lives where we are in in the small form we're in now, and that is through partnering with people that are already on the the ground doing this, such as our Nepalese partner. So, um, you know, I truly believe everyone has something to offer but they may not be presented with the opportunity or support. So that's what I want Corinna Dawn to come in and fill in that gap. That gap is Mm. we present to them an opportunity and and also the support to become the best version of themselves, irrespective of what they've been through in life. We've all all had challenges, but here's Mm. your opportunity and we can help you do that. So that's where I see our purpose is really with the people and um, making sure they're getting the opportunities That we all take for granted, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love the way you're thinking about that, and um, you know, ensuring that you're working with really sort of small-scale, on the ground artisan providers, right? Which, which you know, gets overlooked, and it's difficult to scale sometimes that way. But um, the beauty of it is that you, you know, you can build these wonderful relationships with those people, and you know that the people in there are genuinely being looked after. It's not, you know, some sort of gigantic uh, sweatshop. Um, you know, so it's, so it's a really nice sort of mix, I think, isn't it, of, of, of having that deep, deep relationship with your suppliers. So they become part of the family in many ways.
1: Absolutely. And, and you're so right about the, the big scale. I know that we've put in a new order with our leaf leather supplier and it's taken them quite a while to, to send that order to us, but that's expected because it is slow fashion. It's not, Machines being, uh, you know, utilised to make make the goods. It is slow fashion. It's it's employing people handcrafting yeah. it the whole lot. So um yeah yeah. So that was definitely something very very important to us. The whole fa- slow fashion yeah. movement.
0: Do you think the the market would accept made to order?
1: In in what way? You mean such as they put in order now and then they'll wait for a few weeks to right?
0: So so in other words, they put in order for uh, you know a nice mm. new bag and you say right, we're making it specifically for you um do you do you think that there would be an element of of people of consumers especially with the slow fashion trend and the the huge movement away from fast fashion i'm just thinking here just out loud really one of the beautiful elements of your of your leaf leather bags in particular is just how unique they are and i just wonder if they were made with you know perhaps a stamp of the of the person who bought them you know specifically for them as a custom-made program uh, do you think that would be a, a, something that would be worth exploring, or do you think consumers would just go, "No, I'm not waiting for that"?
1: You know what? I love that idea. I think that's another another way we can we can do those things. Um, it depends on the mindset of the consumer. I think. If you truly believe in slow fashion um, and truly believe in sustainability, I think you'd be happy to wait for a custom order. I mean, you do that even with big companies. You still have to wait a while. It's not off the rack if you want uh, to customise something with your name or, you know, a picture of of someone you love on the bag or whoever it is. Mm. So I think there is um, opportunity there and there is a market there and people will wait. I think there's an Australian brand, Giles, uh, who does only custom t-shirts they will it's meaning they will only make what you order so there's not any just sitting there on the rack the name escapes me but um, they're doing very well they're doing really really well people know what they're about and again it's about the storytelling what's the key message what's the story behind it why are you doing it this way and if people understand the reasons they're more receptive to it so I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I think you might be referring to my friend Zoltan Saki from Citizen Wolf there with the custom-made teas. Um, but the, the difference, I suppose, the, the key difference with with those guys is they're based here in Sydney, mm. Their factories here in Sydney, uh, and they've got the technology to do that and pump those things out, even though they are custom-made very, very fast. Yep. What we're talking about, of course, is having artists and producers collect the leaves, press the leaves... Do the thing and then have it and then have it sent over. So, you know, we're talking months potentially, right? That's a different, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it?
1: Much different. And you're right. And we could even make it super customized and say, what colour do you want? Are we able right. to make that colour? You know, that whatever different turquoise teal colour they're after. So that's super customized. And if that's what people want, I think there's a market when I mean, you can even um, ask for a much higher price. So it's sort of a a win-win for the supplier. The, the brand and even the person as well.
0: Could be a market in there actually for, um, you know, company branded bags with their with their company brand and logo in there, you know, sort of, a, you know, you could get maybe two or 300 made at once. And yes, they might have to wait three, four months to have it, have it done. But that could be interesting, right?
1: Giles, I'm so glad you said that because it was quite funny. My husband and I were talking about um, moving into potentially the B2B space and not just focusing on the B2C. And we were um, throwing up ideas of corporate gifting, How about doing corporate gifting? I mean, it's a lot of relationship building and we need to reach out, but that's a space that we definitely want to grow into. And that's where we can do those, you know, 200, 300 and maybe stamp it with the company's logo um yeah. and then send it out because i know that companies are wanting to give more sustainable gifts uh, or ethically made gifts um so it's just about reaching out to them and and uh, having a chat but yeah that, that's also yeah. on the cards and definitely somewhere we want to go to
0: yeah so much opportunity and it'd be so interesting to see as you continue to grow the brand it's so interesting to see whether this uh leaf leather absolutely takes off as your absolute flagship you know product material as opposed to some of the others, uh, you know, not that it was planned, but the, you know, it started doing it. And it'd just be interesting to see how how that evolves, won't it? So where where do you see your brand going, Sri? Where, what do you think is, is next on your agenda for the next sort of couple of years?
1: Yeah, you know what? We're so excited by this leaf leather and our Thai manufacturer is now also looking at potentially banana leaf leather um, a a different type yeah so they're wanting to experiment with that so where I see us going is in the immediate sense like I just mentioned before going into the b2b space and uh, getting more awareness on online so in our social media platforms etc etc talking um, more about our brand our key messaging and storytelling so that's our goal this year But down the track, we just want to grow exponentially um, and really try and use different materials because that's what the market is responding to. Exactly as you said, leaf leather is so different, so new. People absolutely love it. So we want to see what else is out there, what else can we try uh, and utilise mm-hmm. and grow to a point where we um, as a business start employing people ourselves in Australia and, again, we want to make that impactful employment, so helping people get off the long-term unemployed, um, helping people from disadvantaged and marginalised backgrounds. So that would be our ultimate, really, to, to become big enough to start uh having our own warehouse here, having our own team here, giving them opportunities mm. and working with suppliers on on what else is out there, what's new what's exciting, and presenting that to to our
0: consumers. Immediately, I know everyone's going to want to jump on and go and have a look at this range of leaf leather accessories. Where do they go, Sri? Where where would they go and look you up?
1: Definitely. We are online, so www.karunadorn, dawn spelled K-A-R-U-N-A, Dawn, D-A-W-N, all one word, dot com dot A-U.
0: Well, it's been lovely chatting with you, three. Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. It's been uh, fascinating. I absolutely love all three lines of the products that you have. They all have their own story. They all have their own uniqueness. And and of course, they're all delivering good back to the people that are making them. So uh, fantastic work. And, and I look forward to seeing Karuna Dawn grow well into the future.
1: Thank you so much, Oz. It's been an absolute pleasure. And really thank you for giving me the opportunity to come onto your podcast.
0: Okay, back to Giles again for my top takeouts. Firstly, nothing is perfect in the world of sustainability. Last week you heard that message loud and clear from Frankie Layton with her philosophy on getting products out into market. So I think the approach Shree's taking with Karuna Dawn is imperfectly perfect. She has a very strong sense of wanting to bring economic opportunities to some of the world's lowest paid workers and at the same time make good sustainable choices about the material she's using. Those simple foundational values will help ensure the brand continues to focus on things like fair trade and acquire the necessary third party certifications to prove their choices going forward. But she's getting going, she's underway, and that is absolutely valuable. I also thought it was interesting to hear from Sri about people's reactions to the leaf leather product by comparison to the other materials they're using like recycled denim and organic cotton. Those other materials have their own sustainability story too, yet it's the leaf leather that's the standout. And I won't lie, it was obviously that that caught my eye too. What's interesting about that from a brand context though is that I think people are excited by things they haven't seen before. When you combine something that looks amazing with something that has a really compelling story it suddenly has the potential to create buzz, to spark conversation and empower people to market the product for you with word of mouth. So my bet is, despite that being their newest product range, the Leaf Leather becomes the absolute flagship that they can build the whole brand around going forward. So I hope you thoroughly enjoyed listening to Sri's story today. If you're looking for a new bag or wallet, do go and check out her range, or heck, just go and check out that beautiful Leaf Leather material at karunadorn.com.au, and of course you can find a link to it in the blog post page from episode 61. I'll be back with you again next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.